0: Thanks, folks, and welcome to Mac Geek Cab number 45. I'm Dave Hamilton, of course, here with John Braun. How are you, John? Are you with me? Fantastic. I'm with you, man. Yeah, I am. Uh, as I indicated last week, I'm traveling. Where you at? I'm in Austin at the moment, Austin, Texas. And you're at home, but there's something crummy about the hotel bandwidth here, and uh, and we all get to enjoy it because John sounds like he's in the middle of a flanger. <sighs> It's a nice effect when you want it. But... It's a nice effect. Yeah, just just consider it an effect. Now you'll have no trouble telling me from John. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, so we were going to talk about the MacBook Pro this evening, but uh, with my my traveling and stuff, I actually started thinking, you know, it would be great to actually to talk about that after I had traveled with it for a week. Of course, I've been using it at my desk. So uh, we are going to sort of put that off until next week. We've got a ton of... Listener feedback. I got it right. Listener feedback that came in and uh, quite a few other other little things. I'm not sure how long this show will go. We will uh, we'll see how how the how the bandwidth holds up here. We're uh, we're, we are recording this, though, on the MacBook Pro and right now are using Gizmo Project. We tried Skype and they both sounded equally as crummy. So it's uh, it's just the, the hotel bandwidth. You doing all right, John? You're going to Boston tomorrow, aren't you? Yes, sir. want to uh, do the Acela thing, the train thing. No driving, no driving. And if have you've been, been to <laughs> Boston, driving in Boston is not y- fun. Y- I drove in Boston last night. <laughs> I, I I feel like I've been traveling for like straight for like twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. I drove into Boston, picked up a friend at the airport, had dinner in Boston, slept near the airport, then got on the mm-hmm. plane this morning. It's been crazy. So uh, let's get to the show, and we get have down to it. we have a couple of questions here. The uh, the first will be from Joe, and I just need to navigate here.
1: Hello, Japs. It's Joel from the southeast of England here. Um, I've got a quick question for you, rather a newbie question that might be too simple for your podcast, but one that I hope you can help with. I'm a very happy Windows switcher, but there's one thing that I simply can't answer. Uh, I've been using computers since before the days of mice, so I'm a big fan of keyboard shortcuts. I find them much quicker and more productive. But I find that, in some ways, the keyboard shortcuts on the Mac aren't as comprehensive. For example, getting into the menu bar and choosing different options in Word, or particularly trying to work out how to tab between different things in the message window in something like Photoshop. I want to be able to tab between save, don't save, and cancel, and yet I can't work out what combination of key pushes will allow me to actually move between those different boxes. Uh, and I can't find the answer anywhere. Hopefully it's something you can help with, uh, because it's getting rather frustrating. I love the show. Quite a little big for me, and I really enjoyed the video cast that you guys did a couple of months ago. You look nothing like what I expected. Um, far more handsome, I'm sure. So thank- <laughs> he's sure.
0: Huh? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what that means. As far as the keyboard and, shortcuts, we've
2: gotten better looking actually since that. But
0: yeah, I believe that. Uh, I believe that I have. <laughs> so we, you we. got you got any thoughts for him, John?
2: Oh, I, I got a big one. <laughs> Which is? A big thought here, and in general, I would agree with um, with our uh, our colleague there that, in general, the Mac kind of sucks for keyboard shortcuts. Yep. Um, almost every window, and and I got a you know a tip of the hat to Windows. For the most part, Windows uh, really gives you for almost everything. Uh, I don't know what do we call them accelerators. I think they call it or keyboard shortcuts. Whatever the heck it is, but Windows applications seem to be much more. Uh, Keyboard friendly. Yeah, like almost every function in a menu has a keyboard shortcut. The Mac so. apps tend not to, but they've gotten better. And um, I'm not sure when this showed up, but if you go to System Preferences, right, Keyboard and Mouse, and then there's a tab Keyboard Shortcuts. Yep. Now it has a bunch, and you were probably going to mention this as well, but. Keyboard shortcuts is a whole bunch of built-in ones, which is another thing. Because before it was kind of like you had to be part of a secret society to know the secret shortcuts to do certain cool things in uh, on the Mac. Right. And that's still the case, especially with a lot of the startup things. But at least in the case of applications, if you go to keyboard shortcuts, you can add your own. That's right. Yeah. You'll notice a whole bunch of them, and if you look on that preference pane, you will then, or uh, you know, system preference. Uh, selection uh, keyboard shortcuts. You will see a plus in the kind of the lower left-hand corner. If you click on plus, it'll say, "Which application would you like to define a keyboard shortcut for?" And if you click on the, you know, the application menu, it'll show you all the applications for which it thinks it can do that for. That's right. And I'm not quite yep. sure. Maybe you could expand on that. How exactly applications advertise that? But then I also noticed if you pull all the way down to the end. There's an other, but uh, I haven't done extensive work with this, but I would suspect that this would uh, be the first place to look to do this sort of thing.
0: Yeah, it, it, based on my experience there, what, what what that does is it allows you to assign keyboard shortcuts to menu commands, um, it, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Isn't that what it's doing there? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but it won't let you assign keyboard shortcuts to things that don't appear in the menu. As far as what Joe was asking about, I would. What I would do is try holding down the command key and hitting the first letter of whatever option you want to choose in the dialog box that's up. More often than not, you'll find that the application's developer has put a shortcut in that may or may not be apparent. Sometimes you'll hold down the command key and it'll actually appear in the dialog box, and sometimes it won't, but it'll work anyway. Command N will say no very often command period will almost always choose the cancel option even if it's not uh evident in, in the in the window there and then of course you can use the whole universal access thing in the system preferences to to really navigate the mac without a mouse at all but uh but that's 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 not for the faint at heart but it it certainly works uh there 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 is there are a slew of default keyboard shortcuts and there's a a knowledge base article at apple uh at, at their at the site we'll put a link of, to that in the show notes because there there are some that are that are helpful yeah
2: the, now how about
0: no i haven't looked at it for a
2: while and it's probably in my massive stack of you know software that i'm going to plan to look at someday yeah <laughs> just like you have to. oh yeah um quick keys whatever happened with that i remember that was a yep. application that yep. that would uh enter this arena now i know they have Though I haven't looked at the OS 10 version for a while, so it may in fact be in a stack somewhere here. Yeah, but I do believe they do make a version of QuickKeys, which uh, you know does something a little different. I think it's more keyboard macros, but it may delve into this area as well. So I think between what's built in OS 10 and what Dave mentioned, I, I think that will provide a number of places to look that will hopefully. Uh, satisfy our trusty listener there. Yeah,
0: And, and in addition to QuickKeys, there's a piece of software that I've wound up using over the years called Keyboard Maestro, which basically does kind of sort of the same thing. So, there you go.
2: Hi guys, this is Brian Gisa. I live in the Cleveland, Ohio area, and I like the podcast a lot. Got a question for you. You guys, I believe, both use .Mac. Indeed. And I was wondering if there's any way to uh, FTP files to your iDisk uh, rather than using just the uh, the finder. It seems the sync process is very slow, especially if you've made a lot of changes to your iDisk. And uh, I've done a little digging around myself and can't seem to find an easier way or a more efficient way to move files back and forth from my iDisk on my desktop and actually syncing them with the .max server.
0: Thanks a lot. Uh, my e- We'll we'll stop before he tells us his email address because you frankly don't need, don't need to know it. Unless uh, you want
2: to send him spam, but we'll get to
0: that. Later. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Uh, you got any thoughts for him, John? Uh, one of my thoughts. Um, yeah. I'm not aware of a
2: direct FTP connection. I don't believe is, it exists.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you can get. Uh, what is it? Transmit. Yeah. I'll I'll jump yeah. to the to the answer for you. I think transmit. I was going to say WebDAV. Oh, well, it is. Dot Mac runs a a, a WebDAV server. That W E B D A V, and uh, and that's the protocol that it uses to allow you to mount it on the Finder and all that. I believe that's the only way you can communicate with it. But Transmit, uh, a, a third party FTP utility, will will communicate with with Dot Mac presumably just using WebDAV. So I don't know that it's going to be any faster, but it, it's possible that it's going to be faster than the Finder. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows how apple has written that so
2: yeah and there's actually a utility um, so web dev um, as far as i can tell is a way to uh it gives you file transfer capabilities but it does it through http i think it tunnels it through http right so uh, you could actually and and apple does have a windows utility and i believe actually a mac utility as well that will ease the uh the will make it a little easier for you to mount a web dev volume, such as your .Mac right. uh, storage space. Uh, but, but yeah, they have a Windows utility. I, I have used that, so that's very nice. And I think on the Mac as well, just to make it a little easier, I think you could also, if you know the magic uh, URL, you could type it into your uh, your browser, I think, and it'll it'll mount that it on the desktop or do it from, uh, what is it, uh, Apple K,
0: I believe, if you say mount server. Apple K will um, do that. That's correct,
2: yeah from the Finder if you do an Apple K and this is one of the kind of cryptic features of uh, OS X which is you know I find kind of annoying because you say uh, Apple K and it'll say connect to server and then it asks for the address but the uh, what you put before that is kind of cryptic sometimes you can do FTP you can do yep HTTP you can do SMB which is uh, Windows the, the Windows protocol and there's a, a few others I'm sure uh, so, using the Apple utility to do that i think will uh will make life a lot easier so i 'd give that a shot but yeah i'm i'm not aware of a way uh to to direct f t
0: p no i i, I think they 've got that locked down i don't think that 's possible yeah. but uh but I d di- I, do, I do notice that transmit lists that in their feature set, so might want to give that a try yeah it 's a good
2: uh, that 's been around for a while and it 's a excellent utility yeah i 'm with you on that
0: yeah
3: so uh, hey, I, I
0: wanted to uh, tell you and everyone about our sponsor this evening. And our sponsor is AudioEngineUSA.com. You've heard us talk about them for a while. You know that they sent uh, both John and I a set of the speakers. They make these A5 desktop speakers. Great to use with your computer, your iPod. You could even use them with your, your DVD player or home stereo. If, if, you've got, you know, if you've got a DVD player in the bedroom with your TV, hook these things up, and now you've got real sound in the room. Without having to move a receiver and big monster speakers in or anything like that, these things sound great. They, uh, they go all the way down to 60 Hertz, and I think up to 22 kilohertz, which is above the range of human hearing, for 350 bucks, mm-hmm. they, uh, they, they sound amazing. They're, they're great desktop speakers and a whole lot more. The audio engine A5s from AudioEngineUSA.com. And actually, my my neighbors
2: I just found out today I was uh, yep. talking over the fence, and uh, they're moving.
0: <laughs> ah, so maybe seriously, really because because of your A fives. <laughs> Well, it could be that, or it could be because they just had a kid and they oh. a bigger place. I would well, like to think it's the speaker. I think I think it's the former. Right? I don't think it's anything to do with the kid. Kids, you know, I've got a couple of kids. They don't change anything in your life. Let me tell you, if everything's just the same, there's no there's no difference. They don't need more space, no. or... you, you know, I am going to take this opportunity to go on a little rant about something that changes your life. Uh, John and I have talked about this Uh-oh. offline offline a little bit. I, by offline, I mean not here with you. But uh, at home, we recently moved into the HD TV world. Uh, we bought a plasma screen. And of course, we're TiVo people, but TiVo doesn't yet uh, record in HD. And, Ooh. you know, it looks fine on the screen with TiVo, but, you know, HD looks a whole lot better. So we called up our local cable company, which is Comcast, and, and we figured, well, they've got a DVR. How bad could it be, right? We'll, we'll get their DVR. We'll use that for, you know, six or eight months until TiVo comes out with with their, their thing. And it may even be sooner than that. You know, I like your outlook. How, yeah, bad, could how bad could it be? How bad could it be? That's right. So we went ahead and got this thing. And, you know, everybody... It, I, I'm saying this is like a public service rant because. Now,
2: is, it, is, it a, is it a device?
0: It is a device. Like, and like it, it, a TiVo. It's, so yep. you have a
2: physical device with a hard it, drive on it. It's not a, a
0: virtual. Correct. It's a cable box with a, hard, a 60 gig hard drive in it. Okay. okay. And it's got dual tuners, which is cool because you can record two things at once. So, you know, that's nice. And it will record in HD. I think it'll do, you know, 15 hours of HD or something minimal, but at least it does it. And it looks good. Th- th- that part is enough. However, and I. And I Like I said, this is a public service rant because there are so many people out there that hear about TiVo, equate, you know, TiVo equals DVR, and then DVR is any piece of junk that the cable companies or anyone else wants to shove down your throat. This Comcast thing is about as much like TiVo as the Fred Flintstone mobile is like a BMW 700 series with a chauffeur. Okay, sure. They're both cars. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. And then it stops. You know, once you get used to being driven around in the back seat of that cushy BMW, you don't want to put your bare feet on the pavement anymore <laughs> and run that Fred Flintstone car. Let me ask
2: you: does, yeah. does it have a remote control with buttons?
0: Yeah, we use it with our Harmony remote, and that works fine. Okay, the, the All right. big so
2: there's two big the, problems. The common thread is that it has a remote that you can
0: use to operate it. And it is techni- a set- technically a DVR in that it records TV digitally. And it does HD. So, you know, that's a big plus. And you, know, you can you watch know. it later.
2: Yes. Okay, so we have a basic feature set. Good.
0: Yeah, and it'll do the season pass thing like TiVo will. And it'll do, um, you know, you can tell it I only want to record first run episodes or all that. It's, got the, it's like somebody looked at a list of TiVo's features and said, yeah, okay, let's just get those and put them in here. But the user interface is poop. It's terrible. <laughs> poop? It's poop. Wow. It's terrible. It, you have to oh, – I, I, it, it, it's just it, unfathomable that someone – what it comes down to is the TiVo engineers clearly use their product. The Comcast engineers or whoever it was that built this software for the Comcast box has never used any DVR, including the one they wrote. Uh, it it just and it reboots all the time and, and twice now we've had to oh, nice. we, we've we've lost everything that it's recorded. So we actually with our TV we have two cable boxes this Comcast mm-hmm. DVR ish kind of thing, and then we have our regular cable box plugged into TiVo. TiVo records everything. The Comcast box only does the HD stuff, but TiVo's backing it up on the on the standard def side just in case mm. it it you know the the Comcast box decides well you know. It's obsessed with making us watch live TV, and and it just it Mm. it, I don't know, it's uh, so there you go. If if you have a cable company branded DVR, don't think for a second that you have TiVo, and it's it really is you know a good comparison is Windows versus the Mac. Now it's actually worse than that. Okay, mm-hmm. but it, but it's the same kind of thing, right? Windows does everything that the Mac does, pretty much. I mean, there's you know, there's there's hardly any mm-hmm. any any discrepancy in feature parity. But it it you know the user interface, the the usability of it is horrendous. But but on the surface, you wouldn't notice it. So if you're if you're using a cable company DVR, think about Tivo. And they don't pay me to say this. They don't. You know, we're just raving lunatics. We just like them. Yeah, their, their, their products make me happy, and I think they make. Be- you and your family happy? They make us all just done properly. Yeah,
1: it's done properly. You know, I think it, it leads properly. to another
2: thing. We'll wind down the rant here, but yeah. um, engineers are not the best people
0: to no. design things. No, that's true.
2: Things. That's they true. can
0: do it, and,
2: yep. and th- this is my reflection working uh, where I work and what I do, but engineers yep. are good at certain things, but designing a user experience and doing a UI, they can construct it, but you need someone with a different skill set to, to do it properly. That's And, right. and I know that you know, at Apple, they have, you know, human factors engineers. And, right. You know, people like this that, that know how, yeah, don't, don't let the engineers design things. No, clu- so maybe that's what happened it's, here. it's
0: exactly what happened. It's clear that that's what happened. I, I have, I would stake everything on it, that there's no, no human interface engineer or human interface professional ever walked into the room and saw this thing. Because if they did, they'd just throw it away and get they, a TiVo. They'd run out screaming. Right. they just go buy a TiVo. It's, they don't even need to scream. <laughs> they just go get a TiVo. It's done. Uh, so we, we we got an email in, and it's tough for me to read this because of the way I'm set up here, but Nick wrote in and said that he's got uh, basically using a Mac Mini uh, and a cinema display in his living room uh, with an Elgato ITV. And that is his, his television viewing experience. He's, he's basically mm-hmm. having the Mac Mini run uh, the Elgato software, and with the little Elgato device, it, it, it runs like a TiVo. It, it, you know that, That's what it does. And I've not used it, so I say like a TiVo very loosely, but it's possible mm-hmm. it works, and it's possible it's like the Comcast thing. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about. His question is, he's got two networks in his house. He's got an airport network and an, and an Ethernet network. And he wants to be able to stream things from his other Macs, so he's going Ethernet. And I'm paraphrasing here, Nick, so, so forgive me if I'm missing some of the details, because like I said, the way I'm set up, I'm having trouble reading your email. Uh, and I can't print in my hotel room for obvious reasons. So uh, the, his, his fear is that he's not getting enough bandwidth over the airport connection to sustain uh, streaming a video from another computer to his Mac Mini to his cinema display where he's sitting comfortably mm-hmm. on his couch. And he's got an uh, Ethernet connection on, the other, on the, like the other side of the wall, and he's thinking about drilling through. He says, so once I've done that, how do I know whether the Mac is connecting airport or connecting Ethernet? Now, I'm not exactly sure why he would want to be connected twice, but, but there's, I guess, reasons for that. Um, so, but but the, question, the question is, when you've got two network connections going, how do you know which one is taking priority? Uh, do you know the answer to this, John, or how do you tell it which one you want to take priority? Beats the hell out of me. Oh, all right. Hey, I know the answer. <laughs> I'm going to let you take this I th- one. I think I know the answer. Uh, if you go to Network Preferences, uh, uh-huh. sorry, System Preferences, and choose Network, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll get a list, and it shows you all of your airport, uh, all of your network connections in order. And what, network, you, okay. Okay, and what you do is you go to up to location and you go to edit locations. No, uh, mm-hmm. no, no, that's not going to do it. Sorry. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, go, sorry, go to show and go to network port configurations. And then in this list, you can turn on and off what network connections you want active for this particular location. You can have right. a dial-up location or a you know, home location or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in that list... you. You, in addition to checking things, you can drag them around and change the order so for example, what I do when'm when i 'm when I'm traveling this is a good example is I, I have one connection that I call Ethernet and airport full DHCP so basically, whatever you can get me, anything you can find, all I want to do is get online. And I make sure Ethernet is at the top of that list, and then airport's second, and then a VPN is third because I've got a VPN back at the office that I sometimes connect to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's how you make sure. And I've, I've actually tested it. Um, I've, I've connected at, at my home network, or my office network, rather, with uh, both ways, and I can see where the packets are going. And for sure, if you start dragging this stuff around and hit apply, it, it moves the packets and, and mm-hmm. goes in a different direction. So. Okay, that's, that's good to know. I didn't it is. know, but, but, but you observed that you can use multiple Yes. In, in fact, what I do, and this is, this is sort of a geeky tangent, is mm-hmm. I, I assign a static IP, uh, private IP to my, my laptop. And that way, all the stuff that I have routing to it will just go to it no matter what, even if I you know, move around, plug in in the house, plug in in the office. It's all the same network, even though they're not physically connected. Uh, but... I assigned the same IP to Ethernet and an airport. Now, I do get some, some, uh, 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 some errors in the console log uh, be- when it switches around. There's some ARP things that go on, and that's fine. That's to be expected mm-hmm. when you've got two devices with the same IP. But the cool thing is I can get a file transfer going, unplug from the Ethernet network, and the file transfer continues. It just magically shifts over to the airport side of things. Because my mm-hmm. IP didn't change... It works just fine. Then I can go back and plug in somewhere else, and as soon as I jack in, it moves back to the Ethernet connection because it's all the same IP. A little bit geeky, but uh, very uh, very handy uh, given uh, given the right circumstances. Okay. So. Very interesting. Yeah, I tend to
2: use locations. I only have a single uh, connection, so I'll have one for uh, you know my Bluetooth phone, one for my wired, one for wireless. Um, I've never examined the... Uh, the Sharing thing. Now, um, he also asked about uh, a crossover cable. Yes. Is it the same uh, thing here? Okay. And I think that's pretty much been eliminated with almost every modern machine that has Ethernet. You used to need a magic cable to connect to Two machines, very together. similar to how you h- used to have to have a special cable to link machines via a serial port, depending on whether it was computer to computer. Or computer-to- modem, or computer to printer and all that. sometimes you would need a specially wired cable. Um, based on what I know, all modern Ethernet ports are smart enough to figure out if they're connected to another computer or to a hub or a router. They'll just probe the voltages. So, and, certainly,
0: uh, certainly, all the modern Macs are. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far to say all modern computers. I've, I've seen some recent Windows machines that don't necessarily that, that, do that. That
2: I've seen, at least the portables, yeah, um, okay. will do the same thing. Okay. Because I've connected okay. you know, okay. connect Dell's to Macs and just pulled out a regular cable, and you know they'll probe the voltages and they'll figure out you know I'm connected. What am I connected to? Right. Let me adjust things accordingly. So, so for the most part, for any modern, uh. Machine that's not bargain basement like some
0: vendors that you may have just mentioned.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, they may be using a uh, less than you know top of the line Ethernet yeah. controller. Um, yeah. So I don't think it costs too much more. So um, just to toss that in the ring, yeah, cool. that you shouldn't at this point with newer machines have to worry about getting a magic cable to get the machines to talk.
0: We're, we're going to let uh, we're going to let Scott Barman. Uh, wrap a little bit here he's got uh, some things to say about smtp authentication that we were discussing last week and it's a great continuance to the conversation it's a little bit long for a a standard audio comment but uh but well worth it to to get involved here so we're gonna let scott deliver this for us and uh and i'm gonna get a drink of water because it's dry as a dry dry like a bone in here
3: (laughs) hello dave and john we're john and dave Sam and Harry, whatever. I'm having fun. This is Scott from the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, Just to amplify or clarify some things that you spoke about in the last podcast. Uh, Regarding the SMTP SMTP server, and I keep stumbling over that. I can't tell you how many times I've re-recorded this because I keep stumbling over SMTP. Regarding that, you need to check with with your ISP because many ISPs allow for authentication to the SMTP server so you can give them your username and password in fact some ISPs also allow you to uh, do this over SSL which is a very good idea especially if you're traveling and using Wi-Fi so If you're around and somebody like me is around who likes to turn on the antenna and run uh, ethereal just to see what's coming across the network, you don't have to worry about somebody like me seeing your password. But Uh, you're a nice guy. As far as the POP service goes, this was was something that John said. Um, A POP or authenticated POP. Well, POP is automatically authenticated. Under the hood, if you look at the... The protocol you have a user and password. You command is user U S E R or password P A S S, and it sends all this in the clear. There is a mechanism uh, that allows you to send. An encrypted message, a small encrypted message based on an agreed-upon protocol, and I'm not going to get in it because that's way too geeky for a lot of people, but the one thing that Mm -hmm. it doesn't do is does not send your password in the clear. Your Ah. password is a key to that piece of encryption. So if I'm sitting there in in a coffee shop sniffing whatever is going around in the air because I like to have fun and laugh at other people, you can... (laughs) send your authentication to your pop server without, uh, without giving up your password. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Indeed. Anyway, I hope you guys have a nice trip next week and I hope all is well. And I look forward to hearing your next show from the road. And I also want to hear, uh, from Dave about his trials and travails with the MacBook Pro. Next week. I'm next week still holding off. I have mm-hmm. my seventeen inch power book and I'm probably gonna wait a year before looking at a MacBook Pro. Anyway, good luck. Have a good week and we'll talk at some point. Bye bye. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. He <laughs> to- he actually kind of reminds me of like like
2: Doctor Evil. <laughs> I'm going to listen to because you know I have done I've done that as well. I don't know how often you do that, but yeah, getting on foreign networks and just you know firing up you know packet monitor like ethereal, ethereal, just seeing what's out there, ethereal, 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 ethereal. But yeah, he's absolutely right. There is and actually I tried this with you earlier today, Dave. Yep. Um, I use Eudora. What what do you use for your uh, primary email? I'm a Mailsmith guy still. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, in Eudora, under the settings, there's a setting, sending mail pane. Okay. And they do have a checkbox saying, allow authorization. Right. And they will ask which personality um, or which account, yeah. uh, in Eudora speak, you want to use. I sent you something, but the thing is, it never prompted me. Uh, and when I did try to use now probably because I was sending from my normal right. account, but I just want to see what would happen. When I tried from other accounts, like I do have a, a WorldNet uh dial up account for extreme backup and also I uh you know my Verizon account through the cell phone and both of those when I tried to do this it never got farther than trying to talk to the uh uh, Optimum Online Mail Server. It never got to the point right. of requesting authorization. Well, now, I, it... I may have to just spend a little more time to see if it ever gets to the point of prompting yep. or submitting the password. But it sat there for minutes and minutes and days. So I don't know if their mail server is realizing that someone is trying to come. From outside and just ignoring that, sure. or if I, I got to tweak the uh, Eudora settings. So I don't know if, if you've dabbled with this or you had better results with that. I,
0: I typically go the SS, the SSL route. It seems like that has sort mm-hmm. of replaced the, um, the, the SMTP auth as, as the default way of, of getting to an a, a outgoing mail server from from remote, from the road, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, I use Gmail, and that seems to work fine most of the time, and I know that AOL now actually has one, too, and you can get a free AOL.com or AIM.com account if you go to, uh, surprisingly enough, AIM.com. And you can get a Gmail account if you just ask us because they just keep giving us more and more. They replenish our pool, so that's uh, that, okay. that's where that goes. Uh, n- now- cool. And
2: actually, Eudora has a separate, just to follow up on that, if yeah, you are a Eudora yeah. user they have a separate SSL pane. Right. So, so these are overlapping things that can provide you with, uh, you know, a little bit of security. Though I'm not sure, uh, to Scott's point, if SSL over these protocols encrypts everything, including the password, I would guess it would.
0: It, I, I, I'm almost certain that it encrypts the password, yeah. yeah. So, so
2: I guess that's a better choice, and, and I have actually... Yeah, I think it was with Gmail or one of the services. Yes, I have done SSL. Um, yeah, I do believe it's checking your Gmail account. They actually, I think, require that, which is a yeah, good.
0: I
3: mean. It's every, a good. Yeah,
0: you can't use. Uh, well, you can use regular POP with with mm-hmm. Gmail, and it'll let you do it without SSL, I, I believe. But uh, but no, maybe not. Maybe it maybe it requires SSL. I know for sending it does for sure. Yeah. So. So uh, a
2: a good thing for because you never know who's watching. You never know. Especially uh, like if you're in a hotel. That's right.
0: <laughs> so next next week we're gonna we're gonna do this. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the, the Intel thing. I'm sure we'll have some listener feedback. I also want to address something, uh, and I just throw it out there now, and and we can all kind of cogitate it on this week on it this week. Wow. Uh things. And, and that is the the whole. The myth that exists out there that DSL is better than a cable modem because the cable modem is a shared network and DSL is a mainline you know private network to you so we'll we'll leave it as the, at, at, biscuits. Yeah, I know we'll leave it at that and and we'll talk about it next week if you've got anything to, to okay. chime to chime in on that uh, send it in to us at mac at MacObserver.com. of course you can send anything in yep. there the Skype... I'd like to hear
2: actually i'd like to get in general feedback from folks do you have any cable modem or DSL horror stories mm. or success stories yeah. let us know yeah i uh, personally i'm a cable modem fan i've always had it i've never had to dabble with dsl so uh, yeah but i'd like to we'd like to hear from you. and uh
0: and, and we are still running the survey for another week and a day i believe so uh, that that's our our podcast listener habits survey please take a minute to answer that if you would we would appreciate it and for those of you that have answered it we appreciate it. So, uh, like I said, we've got Gmail invites. You can Skype things into us. The Skype voicemail works just fine. And now with the the released version of Audio Hijack Pro with with uh, universal binary, I can pull things off of Skype, even though Skype isn't universal binary yet. And where's uh, the uh, where's the band? Oh, uh, the band's. On oh, break. you left them back in. Well, I left I left the Vamp band on break. That's back on the other uh, on the other computer. But we've got uh, we've got this. You know. Uh, <laughs> there they are. <laughs> so two zero six 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 geek is another way to send things into us. Thank you Feedback, very much. Podcast Alley, <laughs> iTunes, please. Thank you for staying that's subscribed. Great. Wish me luck on this trip. It's been a crazy one already. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that's over. <laughs> Good night, John.